welcome to this week's episode of the Popcorn Wind Down. I'm Eddie. And I'm Tammy. Thank you for joining us. This week's episode is brought Slingers Bar and Grill. Come for our world-famous Prowler wing, Rings, Peter Parker Punch, our Miles Morales Mule. But stay for Web Slingers, where the food, drinks, and atmosphere make you feel as if you've been slung into another universe. Check them out at webs.slingshop. Oh, so, are you big on theme restaurants, Tammy? I'm trying to think if I've ever truly been to a theme restaurant. Like, have you ever been to the Rainforest Cafe or something like that? I haven't, actually. I've never been to the Rainforest Cafe. And I go, like, we have one in, like, one of the malls I always went to. And I just never, ever went in to eat anything. Um, I think, like, the closest I probably ever got was when I went to Universal Studios and um, you go to um, basically Potterverse, um, Potterworld there and uh, you go to like the stores that are based on um, Harry Potter. But other than that, no. But you know, there's one that I've always wanted to go to. And I think it's like more than one location. I've always wanted to go to the Forrest Gump one. Oh, like the Bubble Gump Shrimp House? Yes. There's one I've in, never... um, gosh, I want to say there's one on the boardwalk in Kima. If not, then there's one um, on the boardwalk in Galveston. But I know we have two here in the Houston area. Um, yeah, but you've been to Chuck E. Cheese. That's a thing, I guess. Is it? I don't know what Chuck E. Cheese is. <laughs> Um, you got a pizza as a, as and a, a bunch of badass thing. kids running around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think, well, Rainforest Cafe, um, obviously, since they're not our sponsor, I can say this. Um, the food is mid at best, but it's a cute ambiance or atmosphere. Um, but I've, and I've eaten there several times and um, at different locations, and I've never just been overly impressed with the food, but it's it's a cute atmosphere type thing, but, you know, so um, I guess it would be a place where I would say, and well, in this day and age, with everything being so expensive and overpriced, um, go for the fun, go for the atmosphere, but don't be disappointed by the food, I guess. <laughs> okay. uh, that's my recommendation. <laughs> Like I said, y'all want a better recommendation? You need to run us some coins. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, so, but this week, uh, we join on this week's episode, we join Miles Morales and friends for another trip into the Spider Verse with Spider Man across the Spider Verse, which picks up a few months after the events of 2018's hit Spider Man into the universe. It's hard to believe that movie is five years old. Um, initially, all seems well as we get to see how the heroes are readjusting to their daily lives after saving the world from a multi dimensional meltdown um then miles via then miles is introduced via gwen to another group of spider people in charge of protecting the spider verse um and he comes to a big disagreement on how to handle a new threat uh which causes miles to realize that here that playing the hero heroing isn't always fun in games so tammy what did you think of spider-man across the spider verse did it come out swinging or was it a failed shot in the dark I feel like I have to give two different opinions. 
I feel like I have to give like a what I honestly thought of it, like myself, and then give one on the actual movie, like an unbiased viewpoint of the movie. Um, so first, I'm gonna say I don't like cartoon movies. I don't. <laughs> it's not my thing. Um, but and it took me a while to fall in love with the first um, Spider Verse movie. Uh, but once I really like sat down and I watched it, like I loved it. Like I was telling everybody, like, "Yo, you gotta watch Spider Verse." I think it was you that first told me, like, "I have to watch it because it's very different from like cartoon movies." Um, so I was just like really excited about this one. So I went to the theater. I actually started this morning, <laughs> and um, I went to the theater, which was packed. And I will say that although I think it was good for what it was supposed to be, it did not entertain me. If that makes any sense, look at that, I'm rhyming. Um, I wasn't entertained, like I was bored most of the movie. Like I was yawning. I kept looking at the clock like, yo, how much more time we have? Um, and I don't know, maybe I was tired. Maybe that's what it was, but I just could not fully get engrossed in it. And it's funny because when the movie ended on the cliffhanger that it did, the woman next to me was like, oh, that was really good. I'm so excited for the next one. And I was just like, that was boring. <laughs> and she like looked at me like, what? I was just like, I'm sorry. Maybe I'm just tired. I, I It just didn't catch me. So yeah. So anyway, I mean, I definitely can have the conversation about like, what were some of the good parts and everything like that? And what were some very disappointing parts? But Overall, I was bored, but that's not to take away from the fact I think it was a good movie. It's just not my type of movie. Okay. That, that makes, makes sense, sense. Right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. um, for me, it was better than I thought it was going to be. Um, I didn't know how it would live up to the hype of the first one. And I'm with you. I'm not big on cartoon movies. Um, and just for various reasons, um, I recently rewatched the first one. Um, and so it was, um, and when I saw the headlines and it, it kind of drew me in, this is the first time I've, I've seen, I've, uh, rewatched Into the Spider-Verse, I gosh, I guess in a couple of years. And so I, 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 it, it really reminded me of just how good it was. Um, it wasn't necessarily intentional, um, in preparation for this. So I was like, okay. So then I was like. I don't know how it's going to live up to the hype of the first one. Um, and then I've seen like, you know, and especially for stuff that we are going to review. Um, I don't go, I don't do a deep dive into the reviews, but you can't help but see the headlines and all that kind of stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, I was seeing how people are like, it's the best movie of 2023. Um, it's what? so great. And, and so I'm like, okay. And I'm like, eh, is it that? And I have to say that, um, it lived up to the hype on, on, on a lot of levels. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it's the best movie of 2023, but for me, I think part of the appeal because um, I feel when I think when we tend to think about animated films or cartoon films, we tend to think about um, we tend to think about Disney movies like Disney Disney animation or stuff like the Minions and those type of cartoon movies. And I, I I don't do that. Like, I can't. <laughs> Something, like, occasionally I will watch a Disney movie. Um, like, I loved Encanto and just, or Encanto, whatever. 
and just different ones I will see if it has some sort of other appeal to me but just I'm not drawn to the animated movies now having said that you best believe I will be watching the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when it comes out this year because <laughs> I love the Ninja Turtles they're like on my Jason Statham list just a list of things that I refuse to miss in whatever form right mm-hmm. but um, so I I think it did deliver on the momentum of the first one um, and uh, there were times that I actually was watching this and I forgot it was an animated movie and um, I'll get into that a little bit more um, later but yeah so I, I can I can understand because it did kind of and I think I know what it is like when you were saying you were kind of bored I think because this one uh, was more, it didn't have as much action as the first one. This one really dove into storytelling. It was more about the story. And I think um, the the drama, which I don't think that we're used to in animated films, if that makes sense. Like with the Disney ones, you always have the musical aspect of it or something where it just, it, it draws you into whatever is supposed to be really quick. With the stuff like the Minions and all of that, you have, forgive me, again, I'm a grown-ass woman with no children who does, who's not enthralled or, you know, who doesn't like animated movies. I'm just going to say, we're, you're drawn into the stupidity of it, the slapstickness of it, you know, just whatever crazy thing that they're doing. But with this one, it was actually telling a story. So this one had more drama it was heavier on the action, I mean, on the drama or the dramatic aspects, but not so much on the action, which I'm thinking, since you already alluded to the cliffhanger, I'm thinking the way they set it up, that in part two, we will get more of the action or more action interspersed with the drama. Does that make sense? hmm So, um, but yeah, but I, I did... I liked the story because I was wondering where they would go. Like, you would think automatically that, okay, somehow they're going to be pulled back into the multiverse. Like, does Doc Ock survive? So I, I was, it was really interesting to see how they told it and what, um, how they would create, I guess, the so-called drama or what it would be about. So did you at least like the story or think that that was, I mean, I know you already said you were bored. So did you think that that was the least interesting or what have you? Like, Well, when you say like this movie being more of a setup for the second one, being more the storytelling, because then that goes into how they're establishing what the story is going to be. So I can see them bringing more action um, in the second one, which comes out next year, I believe. Mm-hmm. But um, so, yeah, I, I, I honestly think it was just, it's not my type of movie. Like, I I, I really do not like anime movie. I, like, I don't like anime. I don't like cartoon movies. Like, I don't watch those. That's the reason why, I like, I haven't watched the really, really good ones. Like, um, Coco. I've never watched Coco. Oh, Coco's like, so good. Yeah, and every, every time I say that, people are like, but oh my God, like, Coco is amazing. And I'm just like, 
but I don't like cartoon movies. And no matter how good it is, that's why I say, like, I don't want to take away from the fact of not saying this is not a good movie. I just realized there are certain genres that I just cannot fall into. And I think this is one of them. But I do agree with you. I think maybe part of that went into my opinion was there was not as much action as the first one, which means it didn't keep my interest from beginning to end. Because the first one, it was constant movement going on and you know, it was just action all the time. And for this one, I do see the story setting up. So you got me thinking like, okay, that's why I was right in separating it. My personal opinion. And then was it actually a good movie? I do think it was a good movie. I just think it wasn't my type of movie. So, you know. Yeah, I, I, I can understand that. Um, and I, and I guess I love how, um, it it, it kind of like they gave us more they connected into the universe to across the spider verse not just by having the same characters but you know just because of the finality of what happened in, into the universe at the end where they they fixed or they closed the veil and all that kind of stuff and everybody was sent back to their own universe or their own dimension or multiverse or whatever and they kind of said goodbye at that moment knowing that they would never see each other again. So you were wondering what plausible, even though it's a cartoon, it's like, what, how are they going to be able to, to, to fix this? How are they going to be able to tell this story? Um, and, and I love how they did that. And they made it, uh, you know, uh, the real, realistic. And uh, that sense that, okay, you know, so I, I, I did like that part of it. Um, and I love, uh, I love the story between Gwen and Miles Morales. I am a team, I was trying to think of a name for them, and I was like, I am a team Gwiles, it doesn't work, you know, so I was like, I'm a team Gwiles fan. <laughs> but Gwiles? Gwen. Okay. Because if you put his, if you put his initial first, then it's team men, and I'm like, eh, that's kind of basic, so. I'm team Gwile. It gives them some panache. Okay. <laughs> <Panache>. <laughs> um, but did so? Do you at least like do you, do you like Gwen and Miles, or do you didn't even give it much thought? No, but I say the reason why I don't is the age because he is only fifteen. And how I, I don't remember I didn't I didn't go back and watch the first one. So I completely forgot. I, I was just like, oh, she's in high school and da da da. And but in this one, it was made known that she is out of high school and he's only 15 years old. He's not even 16 yet. And so when they said that, I was just like, okay, I can't. I just, <laughs> just like he's too young. <laughs> Maybe that's the like. <laughs> See, and I didn't think of it that way, um, but now <laughs> you say, it. I just kind of got the idea that she dropped out of school once her version of Peter Parker died at the dance. Like, that's where I, that's where I got it. Like, because we got a little bit more insight. I did get that she was a little bit older, but I thought maybe it was like freshman, sophomore, like a year or two older. And I, I 
you know, but in here it said he's a sophomore, so he's in high school. He's um, 15, but she's definitely she's definitely over 18. She's definitely over 18. <laughs> like, you could clearly tell, you could clearly tell she's out of high school. And so when, when I'm looking and I'm just, just on how her, just the age that is presented to, of, of her and everything and how his mom was talking and everything like that. She, you, you, you had your trauma, but I'm like, the, the movie made it out to be that she is out of high school. And that's what I'm taking it as in the hints that they were giving, she's out of high school and he's only 15. I just cannot get behind. I said, maybe when he gets older. But he's 15. Like, he's still a boy. Like, I just couldn't. But um, I get the whole... I think I would be for them if, if if the age wasn't, like, in my head, harping on it. On I just can't get behind them because there's clearly a couple years in between that, and he's 15. Like, I just harp on the 15-year-old um, kid. But um, other than that, like, I, I think they would make a cute couple once he gets older. I just can't look at it right now. <laughs> I was just yeah. like, I, I had to stop myself from being like, so, so, so this is not what I think it is, is it? <laughs> See, and I, I and, and again, I didn't think of it that way. I just, I knew she was older, but I also just kind of took it as just seeing exactly what happened. Um, I saw her um, is kind of dropping out of school, um, just not going. Um because she was talking to her dad, her dad, when her dad said you, you had an A in English or a B in English or something, you got an A plus in English. And she goes, no, I got a B because I missed a couple of classes. So I, I took it to mean that she was still in school, like, so, or she dropped out. She kind of checked out once her version of Peter Parker died. So I don't think necessarily that there's too much of an age difference. Um, but, you know, um, yeah, once you put it like that, no, but all things being considered, if she's a year older than him, or I, you know, I, I'm, but I'm still team Guau. So if they have to wait a little bit to age it out, if that's what the, if that's what the angst is, is just him waiting. Look, girl, now I'm legal. Then yeah, it, but I don't want to think about the age difference in the ramifications <laughs> of her being an adult because that's still kind of pervy. But um, so I I love how we realize that hey the spider he's not even supposed to be spider-man and that whole part so when she was talking to him and she was and they were like he was leaning his hand over and he was talking and she said in in every version um and and it kind of gave you it kind of gave you an idea of the similarities um besides peter parker and the radioactive spider um across the multiverses and some in every version uh, Peter's uncle dies. Um, Gwen, you know, Mary Jane is his true love, his soulmate, his ultimate love, but, or MJ, uh, but Gwen Stacy is his first love um, in most Spider-Man lore. And with this Spider-Man, it kind of, with the Toby, the, the Toby, um, the Tom Holland version, they just went, they just surpassed the Gwen Stacy part. But um, because they told that story in the, in the Andrew Garfield one, but um, so I kind of loved how, you know, and she was talking about, she goes, in every universe, Gwen, Gwen Stacy falls for Spider-Man. But, you know, and I'm like, but in your universe, you didn't. You fell for Peter Parker, who was someone who turned out to be some, who turned out to be the alligator dude. But in this universe, 
Miles is not uh, Spider Man isn't Miles, so maybe it would hurt. It would help, but that goes back to my to my whole idea of uh, you know Team Guiles. But um, I did like how we found out that hey, he we knew he wasn't supposed to be Spider Man, but how him becoming Spider Man caused the death of Peter Parker, the real Spider Man. And how the spider wasn't meant for this version of Miles Morales, how it was meant for Earth 42's version of Miles Morales. And like he was the original anomaly, and that created other anomalies uh, throughout the, the multiverses. But I was like, that's not his fault though. It because the and if you go back to the first one, the time space, it was already starting to glitch because of the work that I can't remember the OD, I can't remember his name, but uh that the big bad in the first one it, it because of his work with that portal thing it, the time and space were already starting to glitch so that's how that spider got there so it was just really interesting in that aspect and I kind of like that we saw what happened to the actual Miles Morales that was supposed to be um, Spider-Man what did you think about that oh I agree with you I, I do like that aspect of it um and you know, one thing I will say, because I really, really, really love the Tom Holland version of Spider-Man. And we talked about this before, especially when we reviewed the last Spider-Man, that um, the reason why I love Tom Holland's Spider-Man is because he acts like an actual teenager. Like he's not a, like, he's not acting like a grown adult in his twenties, even though, you know, as an actor he is, but he's acting as a teenager. Like they have him acting as a teenager. So Sometimes he makes decisions that are bad or he makes a lot of his decisions based on emotions because, you know, the logical aspect of his decision making isn't necessarily mature enough for that um, to do that yet. Uh, and I think the same thing goes with Miles Morales. A lot of the decisions that he was making or the feelings that he was having was you know, age appropriate, um, if that makes any sense. Um, it was age appropriate on how he reacted when they said, you're the anomaly. Like, you're not even who you're actually supposed to be. Like, you're, it's supposed to be your Peter Parker in your world is the one that's supposed to be Spider-Man, not you. And I was just like, dang. Like, that's harsh, but actually real. And then all the adults is just like, that's the reason why you got to let this go. Like you have to let things happen as it happens. And he's just like, absolutely not. Um, and I, I got that. Like, I was just like, he's a teenager. Like that is how they're going to make decisions because they're very emotional, um, e emotion driven um, rather than logic driven. Um, so I did like that whole storyline on his, his reactions just seemed very genuine for his age. Yeah. And then it's like, cause you're telling him, not only is he supposed to just let something happen, but you're telling him that, like, according to the canon, right? And that was one of the things that I loved how they how they correlated, and I loved how they interspersed the live action Spider Man in the scenes. Uh, did you notice that? Like, you saw Tobey Maguire, you saw Andrew Garfield, yes. you saw Tom mm -hmm. Holland. Um, I even loved the shout out to Childish Gambino, who was. Um, a champion for Miles Morales from the very beginning like he he wanted to play that character and wanted to have a role in it and he got a cameo and uh I think it was the first Spider-Man uh the Tom Holland version you know mm -hmm. um so I, I shout out to that but I loved um 
you know, so you're telling him that he had that there's canon that is true for any Spider-Man, um, not just the Peter Parker versions, but okay, so Spider-Man loses his uncle Ben, Miles Morales lost his uncle, right? Um, in every Spider-Man lore, there is a captain that dies. And so now you're telling this 15-year-old kid who who up until this point, like I said in the intro, um, being the hero has been all fun and games. And now he's finding out the, you know, some of it he's finding out the toll that it takes with the not being able or not at this point uh, entrusting his parents with his secret identity yet. Um, and then uh, the, so the tolls that those lies um, are taking on his relationship with his parents. But then you're telling him at this point, for him, the captain in his life, the person that you're telling him he has to let die to save the many is his dad. And it's like, you know, so I, I think most of us, uh, regardless of age, um, would have, would, would really have some, it wouldn't really understand that trade-off, um, you know, unless you don't have a necessarily great relationship, but that's neither here nor there. I'm not going to get morbid with it, but um, so I, I got that and it was like, and then you can see that even though uh, Spider-Man 99 or Vamp Spider, um, whatever you want to call them, um, but Spider-Man from 2099, um, so I just call him Spidey 99, you can see as he was going home or where he thought was home that the words were, re- that he, 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 he was listening. He heard what he said. He may not have been processing at that moment, but it did make an impact. Because as he was going back, he heard the, are you willing to sacrifice the many for the one? Or are you going to save the one and let the many, you know? So it was just really, really interesting, that whole moral dilemma. And then only for him to make it home and find out he's in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. Like that was, that was genius. And then, so I was kind of, but then it kind of brings me to the point of, well, if Spidey 99 knew the spider bit the wrong person, you didn't did he sacrifice earth 42 for uh whatever ver- i forgot the version of earth that miles morales is on but does that make sense like that was the question i had well remember he ends up back on um 42 so based on the fact that miles morales did not get bitten by the radioactive spider he ends up turning into the character that his uncle was the prowler yeah yeah the prowler in um, um so that's the direction that it that ultimately is the direction that it takes that there is no Spider-Man because he never gets bitten because the spider transfers to I think it was uh Earth 1610 or something like that. Um and, and goes there. Um and I do I like I like I like that um uh, analysis because I do think, you know, most of us would would um make the decision based on our emotions, right? The majority human beings are just um um we, we make a lot of our decisions based on our emotions, our instincts, you know, our gut feeling uh, more than we do on like logic and like seeing the ripple effect of our decision. So if you tell somebody, hey, your dad needs to die in order to save millions of people, you can be like, hold on now. How about I just save my dad and save those millions of people at the same time? Like, well, like, why is it one or the other kind of thing? And um, so we don't think along the lines of ultimately it's one or the other. Cause I, I would just like to see like in the next one on how, how ultimately they are able to save his dad 
as well as the many worlds or is it going to be the same way that it's been for all the Spider-Mans before where they want to save the person that they love most in the world, but ultimately they are not able to save the person that they love most in the world or, or save one of the people that they love most in the world. Cause you, you just got to think for like all the other Spider-Man movies, um, the like live action Spider-Man movies, they've all had that dilemma. Yeah. And they've, and, all, they've always lost. They've always still lost that person, even as they tried their hardest to save them as well as save the world at the same time. Yeah, and it it and for you know the Tom Holland version, it was Aunt May. Um, the other versions, it was uh, well the Andrew Garfield version. They took it back to the beginning. It was Gwen. Right, yeah. um, uh, and in the original, uh, it was um, it was Uncle, Uncle Ben. And and but and you kind of get what it and and I think that was the genius of it is you kind you get even though Spider Spidey ninety nine was an asshole, um, he was he was speaking from his experience you know and you you get that the wall was built because of all that he lost and all that kind of stuff, but um, shout out to Issa Rae for playing Jessica Drew pregnant and still kicking ass, but <laughs> um, I I and you get. That that's probably the only person that can get into them. But even then, so they buy into it and the need to be emotionless and let it happen. But you see how even she, at one point, she figures out what Gwen is doing and she just lets her do it. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, because um, of her soft spot for Gwen. And also you get that she didn't agree with Spidey 99. I love British Spider-Man Hobie. He was hilarious. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> and when he took off his mask, he'd be like, gosh, darn it, you're even cool. Then, and he's just like, yeah, I'm just a cool dude. <laughs> I said, okay, so, okay. I have to say, so far, my favorite, my absolute favorite. <laughs> was Hobie? Was Hobie. Hobie Brown. Because yeah. when shit got real, Hobie was like, oh, I'm out. I ain't signed up for this. Fuck the establishment. But I'm not doing this. And then you realize that he, he, you know, you see that he does actually care about Gwen and he, he leaves before he, and he was kind of like the smartest one because he left because he did not want to do what they, what everyone else was going to have to do. He didn't want to have to try to stop Peter and he knew Gwen would. So it's like he, he bounced out and left her, left his bracelet at her house. I thought that was just genius, but you know, um, I so but what I was going with this is in all the canon though losing that person is the thing that matures them because you know and 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 I'm like okay because for 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 Toby Maguire Spider-Man it was hey up until that point he was all just about money and being able cool and being able to kick ass and wanting to be cool and fit in and not realizing that with you know uh, what was it? Great responsi- Great power comes great responsibility. responsibility. And so it was when Uncle Ben dies that he realizes that, hey, this is more than just about, than it being about me. Um, and the same thing with, I think, Andrew Garfield's character is, we didn't get the third one, but I think from him, but we, we saw that maturity or we would have seen that maturity of, of, of how it how it ages him losing someone at uh, someone he cared about at such that young age that burden um same thing with toby mcguire uh, with tom holland's spider-man 
um, we see we see the maturity coming just with age and everything that he's had to go through because you know uh, the blip, uh, then him losing Tony Stark in the Avengers and just kind of so we get to see the progression of him from when he's first introduced in Captain America: Civil War. Um, or did we already did we have the first Spider-Man before we did Civil War? I can't remember. No, 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 no. That's when we first meet him. Is yeah, Civil that's when we War, first right? meet him. Okay, so you see, he's just that kid who's excited that Tony Stark is coming to him and wants him to do this. Then we see, you know, him uh, trying to figure it out, uh, and him crushing on this other girl completely, and her dad turns out to be the big bad. And then him and MJ becoming friends and him realizing that, hey, he's actually in love with MJ. And just like you said, the mistakes that he makes, the naivete, and then the the ultimate sacrifice you see in that maturity um, and the decision that he makes to when uh, he realizes that, hey, he has to wipe everybody's memory of him um, in order for them to be safe and to kind of write what he, the decisions that he made based on those emotions so you see that maturity so it's like he not only lost his aunt but he also lost his love so I'm thinking that I'm with you a it's going to be interesting to see hey is he going to have to kill himself like meaning is he going to have to kill the Miles Morales uh, Prowler version or to get it out of Earth 42 so how's he going to get out of Earth 42 and by the time he gets out of Earth 42 is it going to be too late to save his dad in Earth 1610 you know, so it, it, it's just like I'm, I'm really interested to see what happens in the second half. But something tells me that Uncle Aaron is not going to be his only loss or his only great loss. I agree. So I'm, I'm just interested to see how that is all going to play out um, in it. And the, the person that he loses, they may even throw us for a loop and make it his mom, like the person you least suspect. Oh, yes. I could even see that. I think that would be even a deeper hurt because it'd be yeah. somebody he didn't expect. Yeah. You know, and, and the person who has suspected all along that he was lying or keeping this big, big secret and who, who, who's gone out of her way above and beyond to be understanding is like, hey, you know, you can talk to me and you could tell like, because when he got home, when he thought he was home, he told her and I'm like, okay, does she just not want to believe? But then you realize, like, who is that? Is that your comment? And I'm like, but, and that, and that's kind of what got me that, so, okay, some, even before Uncle Aaron walked in, that's something, that's kind of got me thinking, something's not right, because his mom would know who Spider-Man is. Exactly, yep. And so it, it, it was just really interesting. Then Uncle Aaron played along to get him up to the roof or whatever, because it's like, he knew that wasn't Miles. The haircut, Besides the haircut, but it's like, how did he know? And then it's like, oh shit, because Miles is the prowler. So, yeah, it was just really, really interesting. Um, let's see, is there anything else from this one? Um, I loved his roommate. I want his roommate to be the guy in the chair, even though we only had like a minute, a half a minute of his roommate. You know, his roommate knows he's Spider Man. He comes in and he goes. Do and he goes, Can you call 911? Let them know that there's a bad guy. He's like, I'm not your guy in the chair, like, leave me alone. I'm not, I know who you are, I'm keeping your secret, but I'm not getting involved in your bullshit. 
That's true. And, just, and he comes back and, and he's like, oh, I think your guy got away. <laughs> he's, he's like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> and he's like, are those my shoes? And he's like, it's not my fault we're the same size. And it's just the opposite of Ned who wanted to be the guy in the chair. And I'm like, I want him to be the guy in the chair. Like, I love the roommate. <laughs> um, so, but yeah. Um, so have you heard? I don't know if you knew this. Uh, but news dropped last week that they are working on a live action Miles Morales movie. Ooh. Huh. That'd be interesting to see how that turns out. It would be. And I remember and I'm I'm trying to think and I, I know I might surprise you. I'm really on the fence about it. Because before like so everyone was mad. I don't know if you remember, but after the, after the second Andrew Garfield Spider-Man didn't do as well as they thought and they were trying to figure out what to do with Spider-Man and Sony finally fucking realized that they needed Marvel's help with Spider-Man to make it sustainable, especially with uh, the first few phases of Marvel being so successful in the Avengers, right? Uh, that was when the call for Miles Morales really picked up and everyone was like, why not just do a Miles Morales version, Okay. And so, child, and then it was when it was announced that um, Tom Holland was going to be Spider Man, everyone was pissed. Like, there's no way. And I remember being kind of one of those people because I'm like, yeah, why not refresh it and do, and that was honestly my first time hearing of Miles Morales and all that. So I was like, that would be so interesting. But Tom Holland came in and killed it, and he is doing a great job of Spider Man. And um so I and so then to appease the people um we got hey Miles Morales is going to be featured in the uh Into the Spider-Verse and it's going to be animated and anyone's like that's bullshit you're giving us this bullshit ass cartoon to try to appease the call for you know and but they've done such a good job with these so I'm like how are they going to do a live action one. So is part two going to lead us into the live action? Because, and, and with this one, you can tell that Sony and Marvel, they've worked out their issues with Spider-Man. They have the partnership and it seems to be lucrative with them for both. And I'm, I'm with Sony. If Marvel can keep making me the bag with this and I can keep my ownership of Spider-Man and, you know, lease it back out to Marvel or whatever, hey, I'm going to do it. But, so... I, I'm with you. I'm interested to see how they're going to pull it off and how how they're going to meld it into the Spider-Verse. Like, that's going to be really interesting. And the next thing is, I'm interested to see who they would get to play Miles Morales. I have no idea. <clears throat> um, I'm not going that deep into it. Um... But I didn't really hear about Miles Morales until Sony and Marvel was having that whole beef um, over Spider-Man. And it was a possibility of Sony taking back Spider-Man. And then um, the then, then trying to think, like, where can we go with this if we have to take it over? And that's when I first heard of the conversations of Miles, Miles Morales. And I was just like, cool, because I'm all, I'm all about my uh, Black Hispanics. And... Um, <clears throat> So it'd be just interesting to see, but I don't want to go too deep because you know when they bring something up like this, it's gonna be what like five, seven, eight, nine, ten years before we finally see the product. So um it'd be interesting to see what they can create, but 
I don't see it coming anytime soon as long as um, Tom Holland is continuing to be very successful. Well, and and that's the thing because we've already been in, and I think that is one that that is one of the pluses of this. Um, and I think they opened the door for it to be possible when they when everyone was like, "How are you going to meld the universe?" So when you got the multiverse, and we saw that Toby Maguire's Spider Man existed in a different multiverse. Um, or a different Spider-Verse. Uh, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man existed in a different universe or Spider-Verse. And Tom Holland's is in a different Spider-Verse. And, you know, there's still some canon. There's still some parallels. But they they exist kind of at the same time, but in a different time and space. So I think that makes it possible where you could still have Miles Morales and maybe cross over the Spider-Verses if you were to ever have those two characters intertwine. Or, um, again, after... I know Spider-Man 4 has been pushed back because of the writer's strike. Um, and I, I'm going to go out on a limb and probably say that would probably be Tom Holland's last Spider-Man. So I do see this happening probably after that's done. Um, they may be able to introduce the Miles Morales character, because they did hint at him. Um, Childish Gimp, and, and, and from what it's, from how, or Donald Glover, however you want to be, uh, however you want to do it. In the first Spider-Man, when we saw his character, and in that, in that version, uh, Donald Glover, aka Childish Gambino, he plays Uncle Aaron. And he mentions his son, he mentions his nephew, Miles, is a real, is a huge fan. So that's one Easter egg. So maybe something happens to Tom Tom Holland's Spider-Man, Miles takes over. Maybe that is their way of saying, hey, after Tom, because he's such an iconic Spider-Man, maybe we're going to have Miles Morales take over. I don't know. Again, Marvel, your girl needs a job. Come on now. <laughs> like, but, um, but, you know, so I, I could see it going a bunch of ways, but I'm with you. It probably won't happen definitely won't happen before we get part two of this and probably won't happen until um they're ready to officially retire Tom Holland so probably within the next four years maybe just going by movie time tiers but I, I think it would be very very interesting to see how that all plays out and um after talking it through with you I think I might be a little bit more um on board with the live action because you know I just played out all the scenarios in my head hmm. <laughs> Thank you for being my sounding board for that. Um, you got anything else you want to add? Anything that you found uh, uh, entertaining that we didn't talk about? Anything dis- that you found extremely disappointing that we didn't mention? No. All right. So, what are, what are you rating this? Um, you can give it two ratings if you want. You <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just gonna give it one. Just gonna give it one. Um, I'm going to rate it like I started where I was on the fact of I was bored. But like I said, I was going to look at it from an unbiased viewpoint of knowing it's not my genre, but is it a good movie overall? And I I do believe it was. It's just not for me. Um, So I am going to rate this one a 3.25. Like I said, it was a good movie. It's just I've come to realize that cartoon movies aren't for me no matter how great they may be i 
I just am bored with it. It's just not my genre to watch, no matter who's the character. Um, but I would tell people who are fans of Spider-Man, fans of that whole universe, to go see it. Because I think you would definitely be entertained by it. I just was not. But I will say that you would be entertained by it if you went to go see it. So that's my rating, 3.25. Um, I agree. Um, and I will mention one thing that I did not mention before. Just like Spider-Man um, Into the Universe had a banging-ass soundtrack, um, this one is also it, it's fire. It's good. Um, and just like the Into the Universe soundtrack was a little bit more um, upbeat and kind of uh, just, you know, just like it had Sunflower, which is still one of my favorite songs, Sway Lee and Post Malone. Like, Sunflower still the shit. Um, this one is curated by Metro Boomin, and Sway Lee is also featured on it. But this one is a little bit darker, but it's still because it kind of matches the mood, the drama of the of the of the of the movie. Um, so I highly, highly recommend that you guys check out the Across the Universe uh, soundtrack as well. Really, really good. So um, having said all that, I am going to give it a four point two five. Um, four point two five popcorn. Um, that includes uh, the amazingness that is the soundtrack as well. Um, the anticipation was not expecting it to end on a fucking cliffhanger. I don't think anybody was. Uh, not only did it end on a cliffhanger, but it didn't have any post credit scenes. And you're like, what? That? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. Um, so I would highly recommend it. And believe it or not, I think Tammy did too. If you like cartoon movies. Is that the takeaway? Kind yeah, of? if you like cartoon movies, go for it. Okay. It, it's going to be a great enjoyment for you. Okay. Um, well, that does it for this week's episode of the Popcorn Line Down. Please be sure to like, listen, and follow. Comment anywhere um, you listen to your favorite podcasts, including us. You can also keep up to date on the latest in entertainment and pop culture news, as well as other amazing kernels of pop culture goodness. Um, at the popcornwindown.com. That's it. That's the plug. Pop, 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 pop. pop, pop, pop. Thank you. As always, and be sure to join us next week when we review Citadel, currently streaming on Amazon Prime. Um, All episodes have been released, so if you want to get the jump and watch it ahead of time uh, so we won't spoil the thing for you, then go right ahead. And I'm excited um, about Citadel. Um, I I like Richard Madden. I like Priyanka Jopris. So uh, Priyanka Chopra Jonas um, and uh, I look forward to seeing what you have to say about Citadel so to hear our thoughts on that you're just going to have to tune in next time and until then I'm Eddie and I'm Tammy bye peace